This episode of Bush Breakaway is brought to you by you, the listener. All right, I don't know why I sung that. I'm sorry that this started off so poorly. Welcome to Bushers Breakaway. You can support the podcast by going to patreon.com slash Bushers Breakaway. You can hear our BSBOT from last week where we talk exclusively about their Niels Lundqvist ELC signing and what that means for Jack Eichel trades. On today's podcast, we have our dear friend Drew Way come on and talk about the, the draft coming up, the Rangers picking 15. We talk about Niels Lundqvist a bit here too, of course, along with Braden Schneider. We mentioned some a lot of Gallant talk because it seems like he's heading to be the new New York Rangers head coach and a couple Patreon questions. Okay, let's get to the show. Here he is, Mark Messier. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. I am your host, Ryan Meet of Patreon.com Breakaway. You can support Greg and I. I'm here with my co-host, Gregory. Gregory, say hello. Uh I would like to not. Thank okay. you very much. Okay, let's complain about things that really matter. You know what okay. I you know what I don't like? Walking Tell outside me. and being wet. The summer is the worst. I hate to be like going outside, just like stepping outside for a minute. It's like, oh, you know what? I need to get the mail. Oh wow. And now I need to take a shower. Welcome to summer content, everybody. That's what while, we're doing. While I agree with you, I would be remiss if I didn't also point out that you are soft as baby shit for thinking that this right now is actually hot. Oh, I would, I would, I challenge you. What's the temperature there? In, try to live one year in Savannah, Georgia, and then we can have this conversation. Okay, Just that's one fair. Year. That's fair. It's a dry. It's a different kind of heat. Maybe it's not. It's probably it's probably absolutely terrible. It is. It was the most humid and miserable experience I've ever had in my entire life. I loved living in Savannah. I, I'm very happy, happy for that period of my life. But what I don't miss is feeling like I can cut humidity with a literal knife. It's... And just the second the you talk about it, uh, doing an activity outside, it was you would open your door in Savannah and just be like, forget it. I'm not leaving my house. It's like it's winter. Like, what's the point? <laughs> it's summer it's summer it's just winter i stay inside i blast the heat i stay inside i blast the ac i go outside i melt i burn at least in winter i can put some layers on jesus i will say it's a, i i go back and forth on this all the time because i will admit readily that it's a lot easier to warm yourself up versus cool yourself big flannel off. guy huge flannel guy yeah there are there are a lot of easier ways to warm yourself up than like you can't just all of a sudden make your body 10 degrees cooler regardless of how little you're wearing outside it's true i wear the the shorts it's true at the same time i'd rather be hot outside than cold outside i i can get through being hot i cannot like my body shuts down at a certain point if i'm cold and you know you die (laughs) right the death part (laughs) i will also say that i very much would take a cold shower after being outside for hours any day of the week versus trying to do that hot shower after being outside in the cold. Because the cold shower, after you take it, it lingers for a while. There is something special about the cold shower after you've been outside in like 99 degree weather. Yeah, and and like the effect of the cold shower exists beyond being in the shower. Like you are cooled off and relaxed for a while. Whereas when you're taking that hot shower, it feels amazing in the moment. But the second you turn the water off, you are freezing again. And oh, by the way, you are now freezing and naked and, and cold. Wet. Yeah. So it's somehow even worse than when you got into the shower. 
Oh, summer's the worst. Anyway, you're listening to number one New York Ranger podcast where we talk all things Rangers all the time. I, I will say I'll take summer over winter still. I'm just, I'm, 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 a, just I'm a winter tier one kind of guy. I think, uh, I think my, this is a controversial, this isn't controversial. I, I go autumn, winter, spring, summer, I think is where I go. I have winter second. I think I like it more I, than spring. I think, I think, I would admit that the fall is a little bit better than the summer. Just fall is top tier. The oh. temperature is more comfortable outside. But I, I think the seasons are perfectly lined up in my mind. Spring, summer, fall, winter. Oh, boy. Anyway. Uh, well, again, it's, it's not even so much the heat. It's just in the summer, there's so many more activities that I love you could, like, that go out I and associate have, like, yeah. with the summer. You could have, like, a lot of fun in summer. Everyone's, like, traveling yes. and stuff like that. Uh, everyone yes. on my weekends is packed out. That's not the way in winter. It's usually holidays and sitting inside and being more of a, a relaxing person. But I've sat inside the past year. So this summer especially, I plan on being outside melting as often as possible. That brings us to our next topic, which is Gerard Gallant. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fall of coaching candidates, if we had to say. Yeah, he, he is. It, we, I, we've been saying on this podcast for a week where it's kind of like, I, I think he was always kind of the de facto hire for the Rangers. You said it, yeah. it's not over till the the playoffs are the over. Sings. Right. I still agree with you in that point. It seems like Rod staying. I saw the the picture of Rod coaching kids the second like the day after his playoff uh, game with Carolina. Like I think he was coaching ten year olds. Like the next morning, he seems like he's pretty rooted in Carolina at this point in time. But if you're well, yeah, a jury, yeah, you have he, he, he's right. gone as far to say he has no desire to leave. The right. only reason he's going to leave is if they don't pay him. Exactly, and uh, it seems like they will. Maybe not enough, no. but it seems like they are. In that case. Gallant, uh, all indications, uh, Friedman talked about this today. There was a, a quote that was pretty much like, yes, New York Rangers and Gallant are interested with each other. He'd be shocked if they were, if he wasn't a candidate or like the top candidate right now. They haven't had a second interview. I actually reached out to Gallant's agent last week and I was like, hey, what's up? I host a shitty podcast about <laughs> the Rangers. Uh, can you let me know if Gallant had a second interview? He did not respond. Uh, no, not really a shocker there or a surprise. Uh, we, but we do know the second interview has not happened yet. Talkett has had his second interview. Gallant will likely be the front runner and probably get the job. You think before the end of the playoffs now, I think we're at that point. Uh, it'll be when Brendan Moore has decided that's when the Rangers will decide. I, I think it's as simple. As I, that. I think the Rangers are making their plans as if Brendan Moore is staying in Carolina, but I, I don't see any reason why the Rangers would be in a hurry or Gallant himself would be in a hurry until the Hurricanes decide what the hell they're doing. Because quite honestly, everybody talks about Gallant's going to get a job. And I think Gallant knows he's going to get a job. So it's about deciding what job he wants. And if it's the Rangers job he wants before anybody else, I don't think he's going to accept the position in Seattle. If that's the job he actually wants. Right. So there, if there's no harm, in the Rangers waiting on Brindamore because Gallant is going to allow the Rangers to wait and they should just keep waiting. And for Gallant, maybe say the Rangers are his number one and Seattle's his number two. Well, would Carolina be his number two? If, if Carolina all of a sudden had an opening unexpectedly, that's interesting. Yeah. There's, there's just as much reason for Gallant to wait to see what Carolina does because Carolina might need a head coach itself. So why would Gallant want to rush his decision? if he would value a Carolina job over the Ranger job. Now, both parties can assume that Carolina is not going to be in the market for a head coach, but why would either party want to jump the gun is my question. 
Yeah, they wouldn't. They want to see it play out. And jumping the gun might not take that long because the Hurricanes are now down 3-1 to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Cheating, by the way. It's been uh, seven minutes of the podcast. Absolutely yeah, cheaters. The, the push notification I got this weekend being like the Lightning, amazing comeback led by, uh, let's see here, Kucherov and Stamco. Interesting. Like, <laughs> this, this push notification was tailored just to piss me off. I was trying to enjoy my Saturday. It was Belmont Day. I was having a good time, hanging out with people doing outdoor stuff, just drinking, living my best life. And then the NHL app was like, hey, Greg Kaplan, specifically Greg Kaplan, nobody it's else. It's weird that they Go wrote your name because I got the same thing. And it said yeah. Greg Kaplan, Stamkos, and Kucherov. But it, you know what's funny? Um, I don't use my original Twitter account for anything anymore. It is, it is locked. It is dead. It's whatever. It's literally I caps locked, yes. the last time I used it. <laughs> but for whatever reason, my phone still sends me push notifications from not even people tagging me in shit. On that, just like Twitter being like, here's a tweet you'd probably want to know. And it was the same stupid fake tweet you saw oh, the, about the, Gerard Gallant. The, the notification. The official. Yeah. And it's just like, my phone, why? What are you doing? Usually it's just like a stupid Southampton update being like, Southampton exists. And it's like, cool, Meg, I don't care in this exact moment. But this one, it was like, it, it sent the push notification. And, it and said, I feel like my phone would have blown up if it was actually real. Because I, I was out trying to get some chores done on a Sunday night, as you do, not expecting Ranger news. And I, I, I saw it, and I got a push notification, like New York Rangers official, Gallant head coach. And I was like, no fucking way. There's no, there's no chance. Because I'm sure I would have gotten a couple texts or tags or something at this point in time. And I opened up Twitter, and I was like, oh... This is a fake account. How is Twitter push notifying me a fake account? Come on, Bird App. You want me to buy Twitter Blue in like a month? You want to, you're giving me fake news? Come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah, real rough. It's weird to... I've kind of over the fake announcements. I've been over them for quite a while at this point yeah, in time. Yeah, I'm, I'm over them. I don't know who... Like, what do you... What's, your, what's the end game? It's, it's a funny gotcha once in a while. But I wouldn't consider hiring Gallant like a funny gotcha. Hard, shit, Greg, we're hardly like excited about him getting hired in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like, ah, I got you. You're super excited. Like an actual good gotcha is, is like someone don't do do not do this. If someone like had like a good Capo Caco trade thing and got me and then got me on the reaction, yeah, that that's good. That's nice. Don't do that, please. But yeah, that that would be good. But the Gallant thing, who cares? Whatever. Okay. Yeah, and I I feel like I don't even know if people at this point I don't think a whole lot of people I don't see them if they're doing it being like oh these guys just fucking hate Gerard Gallant because I feel like our messaging on Gallant has been pretty consistent from day one which is of the known candidates I think we'd prefer him more than others uh, he was my number one going into the uh, going to all the coaches that were named from the Larry yes. Brooks article. Like, if the Rangers hired Bruce Boudreau instead of Gerard Gallant, I'd consider that a misstep. If they hired Claude Julien, John Tortorella, Bob Hartley, uh, absolutely Mike Babcock, but any of the, or even Rick Tockett, any of the coaches that were out there, if the Rangers were going to hire a coach from the for, pool of 45 white men, uh, Gerard Gallant was the one I would feel most comfortable with them hiring. I was pushed today by a friend of the show, Adam, etc. On why I'm so not even down, not down on Galat, just indifferent. I think, really, one, I really like the way you said, et cetera. Two, I do like Adam, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, it, good dude, good guy. I like. He makes me think 
of things in a more critical way as opposed to being like you're an idiot here's my thought and you're an idiot <laughs> so i i respect that and i think my gallant problem is i i have a hard time rounding the corner on saying he's had a lot of coaching success when really he had what he did the first year with vegas that's legit deserves praise because none of us thought Vegas would be that good that immediately. But I also have a hard time coming to terms with how much of that was gallant and how much of that was all of us were just idiots. And I, you know, it's probably a good amount of it being gallant and some amount of it being idiots, but I go back and, and then people also point to the Florida team, which was young, but you look at that roster and you also take into account everything that roster has been able to do without Gallant. Now, it always helps that they essentially went from Gallant to Quenville. So it's not exactly like they've had a bad coach in between. Um, but I do, I almost think we were definitely dumb for thinking that that Florida team wasn't ready to take a leap. And I, I that's why, like, With the amount of young talent around it. Yeah, like Baby Ekblad, Huberdo. Um, Trocek, Barkov, Yager in the twilight when he's still doing all these different things that he was doing. That team had like such a good mix of veterans who could still go and kids who were ready to leap. Now, which is like what the Rangers are. <laughs> right. And and but and and that's that's part of the the question is like the argument that more people should be making is that Gerard Gallant is the reason why those players took the leap and why they are still good today. And it's obvious that Gallant was able to do some of that with Vegas. Though, again, I do. to me, it's almost like I forgot that the first year in Vegas sticks out in my mind so well that I forgot that the second year was kind of – they were still very good, but it was a quick playoff exit. And it's almost like, in my mind, I almost thought he went to the Western Conference Finals and then the next year got fired. I forgot that he had an entire second no, season, that was the season with Vegas. It's kind of crazy we don't remember it because the pandemic made us feel nothing. <laughs> I have no feelings for many, many months. But that year leading up to uh, the, the said pandemic that we just talked about, I think there was, what was it, 11 coaches fired? something, Some ridiculous number where it was like David Quinn suddenly was... Uh, top like 14 veteran coach in the league, despite being the coach in the Rangers for two years at this point in time. Right, so right, right, right. But there was the, the Western Conference Finals year with the Golden Knights was 2018. And then he was there the entire 2018-19 season. And the Golden Knights were good, but forgettable. And then he got fired mid-season the next year, which was the pandemic season. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's, I'm saying I completely forgot that the Western Conference Finals year wasn't just 2019. I forgot that there was that entire second year in Vegas where, again, a good team, but not the Vegas we saw the year before. And it's not like they got Mark Stone that year. Last year wasn't the first. I don't think last year was the first year Mark Stone was in Vegas, but now I'm going to check my math. I don't believe they got him year one. I think it was year two. Uh, it It definitely wasn't year one. I think it was year two when they didn't go very far. Um, that was with the Sharks, isn't that correct? They went to like yeah, no, they they traded for Stone in 2018-19 during Gallant's second year, and then uh, Gallant's third year is when Mark Stone decided to become maybe the best player in the NHL. 
Yeah. If he's, he wasn't already. He's pretty good. Who knew? Nice job, Ottawa. They're killers. Impressive. They're really killers. Yeah, so with Gallant, I'm, I'm with you where it's – people keep thinking that we're defending David Quinn. And that's what all we've heard all, all season is like, yeah, why are you defending David Quinn so often and so, so you know, so eagerly? That's not the case. We've called him average many times. I'm still surprised he got fired. Hell, I'm still surprised that JD and, uh, and Gordon are gone. Remember that happening? Wow, everybody, clap for that one. Now, I just feel like Gallant is sort of a known quantity. I think you can add some value, and I know you'll disagree with this, or there's perceived value in what he did with the exhibition games in the Worlds, uh, taking Canada down from 0-3, bringing him back to the championships. Brady Schneider is on that team. Uh, a couple other Rangers also. Uh, congratulations and good for them. I think perception-wise, that gains Gallant more value. I don't think it actually changes who he is as a coach. I don't think it's made him a better coach, et cetera, et cetera. That was not a pun on Adam, in case we were wondering, et cetera. Uh, but in this case, I do think it, teams around the league at least start to take a little more notice and maybe that raises his value in that case. It seems like every single team that has a coaching vacancy is going to want Gallant. Obviously, the Rangers will be the front runner because of the talent they have right now. And, and it's also New York. And it's New York. Just that, that simple. Yeah, and again, it, I, I think the other point that people get confused with us is I think we both think Gallant will be better than Quinn. I, where you and I disagree or stray from where a lot of our – contemporaries are when it comes to Gallant is I think Gallant will be at most like a 10% improvement on Quinn, which to me isn't enough. I I need something more, but I like, I do. I think Buck Showalter is a better manager than Aaron Boone. Probably. But if I'm the Yankees, I wouldn't want to fire Aaron Boone for Buck Showalter. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I feel bad for I almost feel bad for Yankee fans. I don't. They're fine. I mean, yeah, I read, they they've won I, every I, championship on earth. I guess they're well, not just not just that. I read the Ro- Rosenthal piece today and he's like, Yeah, Yankee fans are tired of Brian Cashman, but also Brian Cashman has been general manager for twenty three years and they've never had a losing record. That must be nice. I wonder what that's like. <laughs> um, yeah, I I I I'm, we'll get the baseball later. I want to stay on Gallant. Yeah, let's stay on Gallant. My apologies. Yeah, you should. Uh I, just How dare for the I? Record, that was a that was a Yankee, that was a Yankee comparison, not a Met comparison. So eat your eat, eat your, your heart butts, out. everybody. Oh, eat out your butts there. out, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I uh, I, I just say that more often. Here's here, the other thing is I admit that Gallant I don't think is a significant upgrade from Quinn, and like if I had to put other guys like Boudreaux, I think would be a small upgrade from Quinn, but less than an upgrade than Gallant. I don't think Tockett would be an upgrade from Quinn. I don't think Hartley would be an upgrade from Quinn. Tortorella, again, the podcast would never be better. And that's hard for me to square when it comes with Tortorella. There's a, there's a big part of me that wants torts because we would just kill it. We would crush. We'd be number one. Fuck you spitting chicklets. We're finally taking your ass down. Like Tortorella every day would give us, he'd get up there in front of a press conference and be like, guys, I'm not fucking talking about the French Canadian today. He's a fucking superstar from what you tell me, and I just don't see it in practice. So I'm fucking tired of having to talk about this fucking kid because he went first overall. And I'm like, Torts, I need that. Give that to me. I need we, to be able on, to react if, to that. if that actually happened, like legitimately the speech you just gave actually happened, it would be four episodes. <laughs> like just, just that speech. 
He could have stopped right there and walked off with the four lines you just said. Four episodes of content. We could do four hours on it. Well, he'd also there'd also be one where like Brooks would finally ask him a question in a scrum, and Tortorella's response would be, "I don't know what's Josh Anderson up to," and yeah. then that would be a fucking week, God. and we'd be back on that. He would give us so much. I don't know what to expect from what? Gallant. I, I expect it to be boring. Oh, I think he's boring as shit. Yeah, yeah. I expect it to be boring. I expect the players to still be quite fun and entertaining. This team has a lot of personality, no doubt about that. I mean, whatever you want to call Kapokaka's personality, I love it. But um, Lafreniere obviously has a lot of personality. Chris Kreider, if he's still here, a lot of personality. We'll see what happens with the expansion draft. There's a, there's a lot up in play. At least for the for the players, there'll be a lot of fun. But I think Gallant's going to keep things really under wraps. He will not be nearly as fun as Quinn was when it comes to quotes or whips or anything like that. That's the crazy part, too, is as much as I don't – like Quinn – Hey, Quinn might coach in Buffalo. That's That's nuts. I still don't understand. I again, I can't wrap my mind around how Quinn is not Columbus's head coach. I if Davidson didn't want to fire Quinn and Gorton, I can't. I, I understand why Gorton won't be hired because Davidson has a long working relationship with Kekalainen, and they seem to get along. They both seem to understand what needs to happen in Columbus. That's fine and good. I can't wrap my mind around why if Davidson was ready to lose his job defending Gorton and Quinn why he hasn't just immediately given Quinn a job that that one that one I struggle with Ryan I'll I'll be perfectly blunt with you if if Columbus hires someone that isn't Quinn that's gonna make me ask a lot of questions that I don't think will ever be answered I'm I'm kind of with you where if it, if it was his guy right why wouldn't he just resign is it because maybe he's not ready to give him five years but what then again what's What's CBJ kind of up to? I, I almost expect the Rangers and CBJ to make a deal. Uh, oh, I, I think I think Seth Jones has decided what Columbus is up to. I, I think they need to strip down. I don't think they have a choice. Right. I actually got a text from somebody uh, that follows and supports the show that was like, what do you think about Seth Jones for the New York Rangers? And I was like, I don't really think about it. <laughs> like, I'm not sure. Yeah, like, he only well, has one I saw year you left. mentioned Wierenski this week. Yeah, I got, a, like, um, I got like a hot tip from somebody I've been talking to for a long time. And yeah, pretty I, much it. But it, that the the problem with first of all, I think Seth Jones is a little bit one of Seth Jones is one of those players where the hockey men love him. He does everything that the hockey men like, and the analytics community can't stand him. Correct, because he's not good defensively, which is his job. Um, so it's like Seth Jones is one of those players where the casual fan will see that their team has acquired Seth Jones and thinks it's this big, great, wonderful move. And then you're going to see immediately 27 smart think pieces about how Seth Jones will never live up to the value of this trade because he's actually not good. So it's it's a tough one to turn the corner on there, Ryan. But also, I, I like I want to make this perfectly clear. I like Wierinski. I think that would be a super interesting move for the Rangers, just like it would be if they wanted to do, say, Charlie McAvoy or whatever. But yeah, well, Troy McAvoy I, would love that. Come on. Yeah, I don't think as 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 many assets as the Rangers have, I don't think they want to fire off two shots this offseason. I think they want to make one super big move and they want to unload the chamber on this one big move. Really? And I, if you're going to I, unload I sort of the disagree. chamber on this. Yeah. Well, I, if you. I can't see the Rangers giving up what it would take to get Wierenski and giving up what it would take to get a top six forward. 
I'm, so if the Rangers are going to have to choose, I think they're going to. Uh, I don't think they're going to ignore the defense. I agree on that point. I think they're going to get a notable defenseman, but I don't. I, I think the star they're bringing in. I'd be very shocked if the star was a defenseman. And it, to me, oh, Wierenski is in that star category. See, I think uh, with it, with CBJ rebuilding, and I, this is this is just. I don't, it's not conspiracy, but I'm just connecting the dots. You watched the draft video. You saw how much that JD really loved Schneider. I would be curious to see if they gave him like Schneider in a pick for Rowenski. He he's only got a year left. So it's like $5 million. That's it. Yeah, I. but correct me if I'm wrong. Is he not a restricted free agent still? Uh, after he, he's only year? 23, so I'm assuming he is a restricted free agent. So that would be the case. I believe he is as well. I think he has another extension coming his way. Yes. So it's... Yes, he has. He's a restricted free agency after this year. Yes, yes, he's twenty three. So absolutely. I'll double check right now, but that's where we're at. Thanks for showing the podcast. We'll be both fucking Google like idiots. Google. Yeah. Uh, it's not Google. It's called Cat. Fr- we should have the guys from Cat Friendly on the show one, one of these days. We okay. Use their website so much. I'm on pa- Puckpedia right now, actually. Oh wow! Look at us. I know. Uh, where are you at, Ransky? Were you hurt? Yeah, he's our restricted free agent in twenty twenty two. Yes, sir. So he is. he's got another payday coming his way, buddy. Um. Yeah, I just, I just think Wierenski's the kind of player and the talented player where it, it's, to an extent, again, it, he's not on a Panarin level, but Wierenski is the type of player where not only contenders should be in on Wierenski, right? Like, he has appeal to every team in the league, regardless of where they are on their path. Like, why wouldn't the Detroit Red Wings want to get Zach Wierenski now, even though they're not ready to compete? Why wouldn't the LA Kings want to get Zach Wierenski now, even if they think they're two to three years away? So you open yourself up in terms of players you could trade for and packages you could receive to a different, wider audience when you're talking about guys like Wierenski, which is why, honestly, I think there's a possibility Wierenski might cost more in a trade than Eichel, just because more teams will be involved, the price tag is cheaper, and the risks associated are much lower. So I, I don't think, I can't see the Rangers doing a trade that, to me, it would take a substantial price to get Wierenski. Mm-hmm. And it would also take a substantial price to address your top six. And to me, the priority will always be top six first. Get that guy, whoever it is. I think the Rangers are going to make a significant move to address their defense. I don't think the bottom pairing next year is going to be Zach Jones and Niels Lundqvist. We've said this a million many times, times over. A million. My voice is cracked. Um, but I, I do think... And again, this is not the guy I'm saying it'll be. I'm just saying it'll be someone more like Alec Martinez defensively than it would be Zach Rowenski in my mind. I just, I can't see the Rangers making their big swing on a defenseman. It just kind of flies in the face of how this team is built. Yeah. And that's, it would be like the Chiefs going out there acquiring a quarterback as their big move. That's what everyone has kind of, kind of said to, or everyone we've talked to, Brooks, Vince, anybody with knowledge about the teams, they want to switch it up in the top six, AKA probably get Jack Eichel. All right, why don't, yeah. we, why don't we go to our we guest? We've, we, oh, shit, it's already 7 o'clock. When the fuck did that happen? Yeah, man? crazy, right? Just having fun. Let's go to our guest real quick, and then we'll come back and answer some uh, some Patreon questions. How's about that, Gregory? Sounds good. Tran? Even though I, I told you 7.15, right? Do you know how? Okay, so we're going to go behind the scenes real quick. Right now, we're oh. going to transition oh, shit. to the oh, end wow. of the show. And then in 15 minutes, we're going to talk to Drew. Transition. Hey, we're back with our first and only guest of the day. It's maybe the most... Ever guest on Blue Breakway history? Our friend Drew Way, prospect expert for Blue Breakway. Drew, what's up, man? 
What's going on? I like that. The most ever guest. Very eloquently. I, it's either you or Shayna. Shay, we've, we have Shayna on a lot. Yeah, it's, it's one of you two. I, I'd be curious. I'm sure oh. someone will maybe tell us. Don't do this. I, I tell you guys, I, I'm a cocky shit, but I'm always more than happy to be in the same conversation as Shayna because uh, despite how highly I view myself, she is certainly smarter than me. So I will take that as a compliment. The queen herself, uh, of course. And she'll, I'm sure she'll be back on the podcast in like three weeks. So there you go. <laughs> Let's get right to this. The Rangers got pick number 15 in last week's lottery. I think the consensus is that they will not be making that pick I'm wondering right off the bat if you disagree. We've talked about targets that they've had personally and offline a lot. Do you think they'll be making the pick? Hold on one sec here. I'm opening up my freezer to pour myself a little bit more vodka as I talk. Yeah, um, no, this is no, important. Yeah. yeah, get ready. Um, no, I, I'll say this. Like, I, I'm i not quite with Greg when Greg's jokes about it's like a 0.01% chance that they'll make it, but I would say – I would say slightly under 50% likely that they're making this take based off of conversations I've had with various folks. I, I, I don't know why you think I'm joking. I, that is my honest-to-God <laughs> serious number. <laughs> like, like, I think it's a 99% chance the Rangers trade this pick. Like, I, that's, that's not me trying to say something for shock value. That's what I well, legitimately I, feel. I'll say this. I'll tell you that I think there's a 99% chance more than that, that the pick is on the table for trade. But come on, we know the way these fucking idiot NHL GMs are always complaining about how hard it is to make trades and blah, 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 blah. I'm sure they the pick is very much on the table. TSN or whoever's doing their draft board or their trade board and what are the top most likely things to be traded? The New York Rangers first round pick is top of that list. But there's a big difference between what the Rangers want to do and what will actually happen, as we've learned. I think the scenario we can see where it doesn't get traded is the team, uh, notably maybe the Buffalo Sabres or a team of that ilk, will ask for a 2022 pick, hoping they get a better shot or the Rangers somehow flounder after Jack Eichel is a Ranger in that case because the 2022 draft is, and correct me if I'm wrong, a much better caliber of draft. It is a much better caliber of draft, but I'll be honest, I don't think your typical NHL GM is – thinking this way like generally speaking it's kind of like the, the way the time value of money works right like getting money now and then be able to invest in it is always more valuable than getting money in the future and i think most nhl gms are kind of just looking at it that way and so even the fact that the 2022 nhl draft is indisputably much stronger especially at the top than the 2021 draft i i would say that at best they are valuing those two picks equally, if not just saying that give me the 2021 so we can use it now. Drew, um, before we, we do, I do want to talk to you about Niels Lundqvist at some point, but I, I want to stay on the draft first. Before mm-hmm. we get talking into specifics about what the Rangers would or what any team would do at 15, is there a plausible explanation for why Owen Power will not be the number one overall pick? I mean, so again, you ask a a good question in that, you know, there's a big difference between what I and many of my ilk in like the hobby scouting community feel and what NHL 200 hockey men GMs feel. In my opinion, I think you could make a reasonable argument for any of six or seven different guys to go number one. Um, but you know, Bob McKenzie, in terms of, if you want to know what will likely happen in the NHL draft, Bob McKenzie scout poll is far and away the most accurate thing you can look for. And his scouts unanimously ranked Owen power. Number one, 
And so just given that, it's, yeah, the Owen Powers crowd is overwhelmingly likely to go number one. I personally right now have him ranked number one, but I do think the notion that he's on a tier of his own at number one and should be a unanimous number one selection is fucking ridiculous. Isn't it a little... If you're uh, you're in Seattle, pretend you're in Seattle, you're excited for hockey, basketball mm-hmm. has left you, you won this year's lottery to go to number two, and obviously that's good and everything, but you just said mm-hmm. you could pick up to six players at that number one spot. Now, Seattle, if you're if you're a Seattle fan, you only could have one more lottery win in the next four years, and you're probably not going to be good right off the rip like Vegas was. Isn't that kind of a bit of a bummer? Yeah, what is stupid, stupid rule they put into place. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, it, it is a bummer. And, you know, it, you know, I said I think it's ridiculous that Owen Powers kind of unanimously considered the number one pick. Again, he's deserving of being selected one. But there's a big difference between being deserving of being selected one and being like the unanimous no-brainer number one. At number two, I found a lot of people are just like penciling in uh, Matthew Veneers or Matty Veneers, as people call him now as like the presumptive pick there. And even that, I'm like, yeah, sure. Veneers is more than deserving of being selected to, but to be the clear choice is kind of ridiculous. Where would Veneers go in, say, Lafreniere's draft? So Lafreniere, Byfield, Stutzel. I saw that Owen Power might be number four in that draft, maybe even lower. Is Veneer like a, a, a much lower class of prospect than those those top four? Um, I mean, much slower, maybe no, but like Benier certainly wouldn't go. I wouldn't take Benier's ahead of any of those three you mentioned. And then if you're like looking at the draft roll results beyond that, number four was Lucas Raymond. I'd rather have Lucas Raymond than Matthew Benier's. Five was Jake Sanderson. In my opinion, that was a reach. So I'd probably take Benier's over Jake Sanderson. Then you have like Jamie Drysdale, Alexander Holtz. I mean, honestly, like Benier's would probably be, be on a tier of like five to ten in last year's draft, if you ask me. And Owen Power, similarly. Like, I would rather have Lucas Raymond, who was taken four by the Red Wings, over Owen Power. And so at best, I personally would rank Power fifth in last year's class as well. That makes sense. Drew, I I have a hard time saying who the Rangers should target at 15 just because it's such an ambiguous pick to begin with. There's so many players that could be available or couldn't be available. So instead, I'm going to word my question this way. Is there a clear wrong answer for the New York Rangers yep. at 15 uh, can, of, of, the, of that crew that's going to be available then? I'm not talking about a guy who's like a seventh-round pick that the Rangers just decide to take 15th mm-hmm. overall. Of the people firmly in the top 20 in your mind, is there a clear wrong pick in your mind that the Rangers could make? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, one would be going with a goalie. Like, there are two goalies that are likely going to go in the lottery of the draft this year and going with one of those goalies would clearly be a mistake. Um, Another guy that like, you know, some kind of your traditional talking heads love, but um, you know, more people meet more forward. Sorry. If you're hearing that, my son just got up and started pushing buttons on my phone. Um, There's a defensive prospect. um, (laughs) uh, Nate is defensive. Definitely. Hold on a second. Sorry about that. Um, but, but yeah, the two goalies, like I said, would definitely be a mistake. And then there's a defensive prospect out of Russia who uh, named Daniil Cheka, who some have him very high. Like if you look at Bob McKenzie's list, Bob McKenzie has Cheka at, I think, 18 or 19 in that range. And he's kind of in the mold of the defense that the Rangers under at least JD and Gordon would love. You know, he's big, physical, tough, all that. 
but he, he kind of like what I said about Brady Schneider last year. Like he, that doesn't necessarily mean he's great of a prospect. And in similar to Schneider, like I have him clearly as a second round draft grade and I could certainly see a scenario where someone takes him in the mid to late teens. Um, so I would consider that to be a clear wrong pick. Um, another one, uh, there's, a, there's a center by the name of Zachary Bolduck, who is a center for Ramuski. And, you know, he's a good player, but on paper, I think he looks a lot better than he is in reality because a lot of his statistics he's put up over the years were inflated by a winger that he played with by the name of Alexi Lafreniere. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. I want to get back to Snyder in a second and what you think about him nowadays after he's done so much to improve his stock by winning medals and cups and all that. But... What, the number one overall pick, uh, uh, we're, we'll get to that. The number one overall pick that was supposed to be for this draft was Aturati. But Rati has seemingly fallen out of favor. He's fallen all the way down to 20 on Bob McKenzie's scouting poll. What exactly happened to drop him so far uh, uh, during the last year? Yeah, I mean, so first, Aturatu. So his name is Ratu. Um, and yeah, he, what, what happened is he honestly didn't have a good two seasons in a row now he hasn't really been that good um three years ago so in his draft mind d minus two season he was a remarkable plot prospect considered the clear number one in this draft class um he's a you know two-way center who has a ton of offensive upside you know at the time was you know put up incredible production for a 16 year old in finland um and was just honestly two like i said two years ago was considered the no-brainer this is the the gem of this draft class and then he put up two disappointing seasons in a row and then you know your old colleague at the athletic scott wheeler just published an excellent article i recommend anyone check it out if you have a, a subscription about how Aturatsu admitted that his passion for the game kind of dwindled and all the circumstances with the pandemic and other things and the pressure and other things going on made him not lose his love for the sport but certainly his passion for it dwindled a bit but recently he feels he's had a resurgence and is getting more focused and is ready. And so it's a long story short to your answers. You know, why has he dropped? Cause he hasn't been all that good. If you look at his numbers, like they just, his underlying metrics are actually pretty good. His possession stats his, his stuff like that are pretty solid in Liga, but his box score stats are you know, average at best for a, you know, for what you would expect from someone of his uh, caliber and pedigree. If the Rangers keep the 15th pick and take Ratu at 15, uh, do you think it's earlier than October 20th or after October 20th when Rangers old man Facebook takes those quotes and start using them against him? It's fine. October 20th, that's my anniversary. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Um, For for the record, I'm perfectly happy with the Rangers taking Ratu at 15. Should he be in discussion for number one anymore? No. Um, but I am perfectly happy taking a swing at him. And even the disappointing seasons he's had, he's still a good two-way center that I think could be quite successful in the NHL and is more NHL-ready than most in this range. Um, but, yeah, that said, you know the way Jack asks on Rangers Facebook act, like, a, you know, if an American prospect is underwhelming, it's fine. But if it's a European prospect, then he's some soft Euro and the Rangers are idiots for continuously drafting these quote-unquote soft Euros. I kind of feel like this, and, and maybe this is not really an apt comparison, but it, it's when the Knicks put, passed on, and I'm not trying to rub uh, salt in the wound here, Knicks fans, I, I promise, mm-hmm. uh, but when the Knicks passed on Michael Porter Jr., who I was a, you know, I wasn't like a prospect nerd for that, but he fell right past them, and he was 
the number one prospect in that class until the back injury. Now, I know it's a back injury, it's serious, but he's turned out to be quite the player. I think the Rangers would hope for the same thing to happen with Atu. But I, I, I'll, before, yeah. not, to, not to cut Drew off, but I, I, again, I'll, I'll remind you of this, Ryan. Mm-hmm. The reason the Nuggets took him is because they were the team in the unique position where if Porter just turned into a nothing, they could be okay with it because they had everything else. Right. Whereas the Knicks, you would have needed Porter or whoever you took. Like Kevin Knox not working is a problem in and of itself. But that pick needed to be something of a more certain outcome. If the Nuggets didn't have that pick, Porter just would have kept falling to the next team that would have had the ability to take a player that could take that big of a swing. Yep. Considering at that time, people didn't think Porter was going to play basketball again. Forget about being a star in the NBA. There's legitimate questions that he would ever play an NBA minute. And that is basketball with Greg. Now back to Drew. Yeah, I'll say this. Uh, there are legitimate questions that Kevin Knox would never play an NBA minute because he wasn't good enough to either. So if we're going with that line of logic. That might be a little hyperbolic. That's all I'm going to say. It might be a little hyperbolic, but Kevin Knox was a fucking workout hero who the Knicks fell in love with because he jumped really high in a goddamn gym with nobody else in there. The Kevin Knox pick was stupid at the time. and it can't, can't disagree now. with that. They, they should have taken either <laughs> of the bridges. Either of the bridges would have been a better pick. I think we uh, the other player yeah. we wanted was Dennis Smith Jr. That really worked out. So, uh, that was a different draft too, by the way. Was right? it? Damn. Yeah. Yep. Different. Yeah. That was the little. That was the little. Oh, that right? was the Frank draft. Yeah. 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 And they should have taken but, Donovan Mitchell anyway. that draft, which is what everybody was saying, and that's not the problem. Well, to, yeah. Anyway, to, yeah. Ratu. That that would be great. Actually, I'm all for taking Atu Ratu at 15 and, and to reveal behind the curtain a little bit, my son's sitting here yelling at my dog right now um, to reveal behind the curtain a little bit. You know, when, when Greg asked me if I wanted to pop on today, I said, Hey, you know, is there anything you want me to prep for a bit? And he's like, ah, we'll just talk about potential possibilities at 15 and the unlikely event that the Rangers take it. So I looked at things. I was like, all right, so who, who would I be okay with taking at 15? That's who's one of six names I jotted down in my notes here. So again, just to reiterate, like it's, it's a wide open draft. And if you're going to ask me anything, what do I want the Rangers to do at 15? If they're picking at 15, my answer is trade the fuck back. Yeah. Uh, so this comes to my actual, the question I'm, I'm most curious about. Usually you do, uh, maybe you put the tiers up already and my apologies, if I don't have them in front of me. Where would you like, <laughs> where are the second, where's the second tier start for you in this draft and how, how deep does it go? Yeah, no, I mean, it's a good question. And, and to, you know, we put out initial rankings a little while ago. This morning, actually, uh, me, George, and Rich were just chatting, in, you know, in our little group chat about what's the timing we want to do with the next rank. So it'll probably be up at the end of June. But I've been putting a lot of work into it recently. And the way the tiers go is, you know, honestly, tier one, again, I'm still working on it, trying to figure things out. But the top tiers, I'm probably going to have to like one to like eight, which is crazy. Because usually the top tier is like one, two, maybe three guys. And then beyond that, the next tier, you know, probably somewhere from like nine to, you know, almost 20 or so. Jeez. And then from 20, it's like 20 to like 40 or 45. It's like, again, it's incredibly wide open. And it's not just because of like the cliches that some say with, well, you know, with the pandemic and all those issues, it's got like, even if all these guys played and we had more viewings and stuff like that again it, it would still be pretty wide open just because there isn't that top tier talent to help define some of the tiers and there's a lot of just good players that all have like one or two major issues that prevent you from elevating them from good to great prospects and like when I was putting my notes together for this like I, I found it remarkable that 
like over half of the first round, like the big knock on them, big knock on them is like they're not great skaters. And it's so weird. Usually when you're talking first round prospects, like these guys are all phenomenal skaters. And this year at the top is riddled with players that you know, have skill or they have, you know, work ethic, all these different traits, but a lot of them are lacking skating, which is crazy in today's game. Uh, we've talked about Adam, et cetera, a little bit on this podcast already. Drew. So why don't we, why don't we have the, why don't we have the Braden Schneider conversation now? How different is your opinion? D plus one from draft day yeah. of Braden Schneider. Good question. And I, and I appreciate that Adam reached out asking this and he's, he is pretty funny where he, I can't tell it's, I think he's just having some fun and, you know, he's an informed fan, and I give him credit for. It. I appreciate people that can give you shit without being a dickhead about it. And he's he's exactly that. He he he's good at kind of pushing back and giving me some shit, but he's always reasonable about it. So I like that. Um, but yeah, my my answer is, did I throw a bit of a temper tantrum, or did I throw a lot of a temper tantrum on that draft reaction pod last year? Yeah, absolutely. Um, would I change much of what I said outside of the hyperbolic nature of some of my comments? No, I wouldn't. Um, at the time, my big issue with Schneider was that, uh, you know, he's a good player, but I felt that a lot of what made him a great WHL defenseman, I questioned whether, whether it could translate to the NHL. A lot of his success relies on the fact that he's bigger, stronger, more mature than a lot of the players he's going up against. And that is still the case. Um, he is a phenomenal, phenomenal WHL defenseman, but I think there are legitimate reasons to worry about how well that will translate to the NHL. I think for sure he's an NHL defenseman. And so by just that logic alone, yes, I probably should have had him a little bit higher than I had him last year. I think last year I had him ranked in like the, you know, high 50s, whereas now I'd probably have him in, you know, the late 30s, early 40s. But again, I stand by my statement that he, I did not view him as a first-round talent. And despite the good season he had and all the team success he's had, I still don't, Nothing's really changed my mind. He's still a very good junior level defenseman who is tough and physical and plays good in the zone zone, has decent hands in the offensive zone, but he still gets absolutely fucking walked by really talented opposition forwards. And, you know, he's a good skater for his size, but I have questions about how that might translate to the NHL. His gap control is okay, but he, he really struggles against faster, more skilled opposition forwards. And so it's, you know what, is he going to be an NHL defenseman? Yes. Uh, is he going to be a top pair NHL defenseman? I would still definitely bet no. Uh, I guess that brings us to Niels Lundqvist, right? Which is signed his ELC with the Rangers uh, if he doesn't get traded and mm-hmm. go to play somewhere else. And that, I, I, well, let's start right there. Do you think Niels Lundqvist plays a game for the New York Rangers? Uh, I mean... It's hard to say. I don't have any inside information. I, I would say this. Niels Lundqvist is the Rangers' best prospect right now. Braden Schneider is their second-best defensive prospect for sure, despite, you know, again, me saying that uh, the critiques I had, he's still a very good prospect. Braden Schneider is the Rangers, in my opinion, clear-cut second-best pro- uh, defensive prospect. I would put him ahead of Zach Jones um, slightly, but on the same tier. I would definitely put him ahead of Matthew Robertson, but Niels Lundqvist is in my mind, unequivocally, the Rangers' best prospect right now. He put up all sorts of records for under-21 defensemen in the SHL. He does everything right. Like People think just because he's a European defenseman who puts up points that he's weak in his own zone. Bullshit. 
you, I'll throw this back at these people that throw me on Twitter. Go watch him play. Go watch the games. Uh, Use Neil your Blunquist eyes. Is actually a fantastic. Yeah, seriously, Niels Lundqvist. If you watch Niels Lundqvist play, he's a fantastic transitional defenseman, and he's very, very good in his own zone as well. And he is an elite possession driving offensive defenseman. Um, he is. You you could easier make the argument that Niels Lundqvist is the best defensive prospect in all of hockey than you can make the argument that Braden Schneider is a better prospect than Niels Lundqvist. Wow, I mean that, that um, does say a lot. And. But, but to answer your question, I got no idea if, they're, if he's ever going to play a game for the Rangers because I have no idea, you know, if they're training for Jack Eichel, it all depends on Buffalo's new front office, whoever the hell is Kevin Adams still in charge? Yeah, he's still there. Sure it's, is. Uh, yeah, it's does he value the big, tough, physical North American defenseman in Braden Schneider or does he, deval- or does he value the uber-talented defenseman who is a country mate of Rasmus Stalin? How about, how, about, how about this for – a conundrum that I didn't prepare you for that you might not have an answer for right now. Mm-hmm. Who would be a comparable prospect to Niels Lundqvist that's been traded recently that would show us this is what these level of prospects are actually worth on the trade market? Does one exist? Eric, Bran- Eric Brandstrom. Eric Brandstrom's the answer there. And Brandstrom was the centerpiece in a trade for Mark Stone. Well, there's your answer. That's a good one. There's my answer. I wasn't expecting it that easy. I was expecting you to think about it for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, 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 it is. And, and right now, Neil Lundqvist is, is a significantly more valuable asset than Eric Brandstrom is at this moment because Brandstrom has disappointed many since that trade. But in terms of how Brandstrom was viewed at the time he was dealt, yes, it, that, that's the comparison. And keep in mind, most teams don't deal their top prospects. Usually if a team is dealing one of their prospects, it's because they think there might be an issue with him. Teams hold on to their top prospects like it's gold. But, yeah, Brandstrom's the, 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 the comp there, and he was traded for Mark Stone, who was one of the ten best players in the NHL, in my opinion. Yeah, no, that's not really an opinion. That's the fact. Uh, I guess my last question for you, Drew, is uh, how are you going to feel when Gerard Gallant coaches the Rangers? That's all right. I mean, Gallant cool. is overrated by many, but I, I, he's a fine coach. He's, he's a great tactical coach. He's a great in-game coach. Honestly, if you could combine the best attributes of Gerard Gallant with the best attributes of David Quinn, you would have a phenomenal NHL coach. Yeah, you'd probably Quinn have Barry Trotz is, there, man. Uh, you'd have a good-looking Barry Trotz. Um, well, hold on, like, hold on. Are we saying Barry Trotz isn't a good-looking man? Everybody looks like everybody loves Squirtle, bro. Everybody. Name one person who doesn't like Squirtle. Squirtle's wife. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is everything okay at home, Drew? Is that should that be our that next have, question? The people that have to the people that have to see squirrel naked are the ones that probably aren't big fans. <laughs> now, when a turtle is naked, does he have to be completely out of the shell? Can a turtle be I naked still in the shell? I think. So. You know what? I feel like we just discovered the new is a hot dog a sandwich question. That's what we just is discovered. a turtle naked in the shell. Uh, Interesting. <laughs> the shell, I believe, I actually read into this once. I believe, like the shell is like. In essence, it's skeleton, so you can't just like remove the shell from the turtle. And so, someone listening to this will probably fucking at me and tell me how much of a dope I am for saying that. But anyway, yeah, watch the turtles, uh, Drew. <laughs> Use your eyes. David <laughs> David Quinn is the guy that players love playing for. By all accounts, like I mean, I know for a fact by speaking with people close to the situation that Pavel Buchnevich 
adores David Quinn and attributes David Quinn to much of the progress he's made over the past couple of years. And in fact, was going to ask for a trade until the Rangers fired Elaine Vigneault and then hired David Quinn. Um, a lot of the players, even the, especially the younger players, like people criticize Quinn for his treatment of some of the younger players. Most of the younger players in particular love Quinn. They feel like he's a great communicator, a great player's coach. Gerard Gallant, but, but Quinn, you know, struggles with the in-game tactics. I don't think that's uh, you know, breaking any news there. Gerard Gallant is the opposite. He's a prickly asshole who pisses off most of the people that work with him, especially those in the front office, because he feels he deserves more power than he really should have. But he's in the conversation for one of the best in-game tacticians in the game. So if you were to combine David Quinn's ability as a personnel manager with Gerard Gallant's in-game tactician abilities, you would have a phenomenal NHL coach. Hmm. I don't really have a rebut to that. In your opinion, Drew, um, the Babcocks aside, the Tortorellas aside, is there someone that would worry you as the wrong opinion, uh, the wrong candidate that we aren't talking more about? In other words, Uh, I guess I I could just ask you bluntly, would you feel fine if it was Rick Tockett? I'd be okay if it's Rick Tockett. Um, it's hard to judge. You know, this, you can make arguments on both sides of how he did in Arizona. Some people say, oh, they didn't do enough to give him, you know, enough there. But then you can easily be like, they traded, they, they signed back Oliver Eckman Larson. They traded for Tyler Taylor Hall. They traded for Phil Castle. By and large, my understanding of Rick Tockett is he's a pretty good, again, personnel manager. He tends to, you know, he, he's defensive oriented, but tries to kind of let his players play their own game. And he's not a micromanager or anything like that. And so for those reasons, like, again, like, is Tockett someone that gets me excited? No. But is he someone that I'm going to sit here and pull out the pitchforks over if the Rangers hire him? No. Like, I'd certainly be willing to give him a chance to see how he does. Whereas if the Rangers hired Patrick Waugh, I'd be up in fucking arms over that because that would just be idiotic. With you on that one. All right, uh, Greg, any final questions for our dear friend? Uh, what was for dinner tonight, and what 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 did Declan spit up? Is I guess is my next question. Well, no, Declan's little accident was at daycare, so that was nothing about spitting up. He he uh, he recently potty trained and decided at the end of just before my wife picked him up that he's gonna shit all over himself, and she had to help clean it up because of the timing. Um, Isn't that just no, a nice reference just... for the Rangers season? So close, well, seems like things were coming together, and right before everything got going, just shit yourself. Yeah, well, I'll tell you this. Yeah, before you let me go, let, yeah. let me just read off a couple of the names of guys that, like, at 15 I th- are names that I want people to keep in mind if the Rangers still have their pick. Um, and so, you know, bear with me. Most, all these are centers. I specifically focus on centers given some of the needs and the pipeline and whatnot. Um, Mason McTavish is one. Um, he's a guy that's a huge riser recently. Probably will go in the top 10 now, but he's there at 15. He'd be good. Uh, big defenseman with a heavy, tremendous shot. Chaz Lucius, a good old American boy, uh, probably the most skilled of any of these players that I'm about to name. But again, both both of these, not the greatest skater, but in terms of just his deception and his scoring ability, Chaz Lucius is up there with anyone. Um, and then you have Cole Sillinger, who's one of my favorites, Sam Stern, you know, who, who I know you guys are talk with he loves Cole Sillinger as well some question whether or not he'll be a wing or a center I think he'll translate to a center in the NHL and is probably the best pure scorer of anyone in this mix and probably has the best snapshot in particular of anyone in the class we spoke about Atu Ratu before and then there are two centers who 
I would love to trade back for and take it like the 20s. And they're like the prototypical Ranger centers in terms of all the fucking rhetoric we've heard recently about what they're looking for. One is a Russian center named uh, Fedor Svechkov, who is, you know, I, I jotted down in my notes. He's the most prototypical Rangers prospect of this bunch. High IQ, always in the right position, strong two-way game, suffocating on defense, you know, always working hard, but then also a good possession driver, a good playmaker. Uh, his knock is he's got a decent shot, not too much power for it, and he's got one of the worst one-timers I've ever seen in my life. Um, and then a guy who I feel like Ryan's going to love this guy because of his name. His name is Francesco Pinelli. Francesco um, Pinelli! Another, yeah, <laughs> another late riser and kind of like Svechoff. Does a lot of things right, but nothing phenomenal, really. You know, more of a playmaker than a shooter, pretty crafty, high IQ, good passer but will never like jump off the screen good 200 foot player has that grit and all that nonsense that everyone says that the rangers are looking for but again if you're talking about you know centers that you can take in the 20s or so like you could do certainly do worse than this player and all these guys i just named i think will certainly be nhl centers in a few years some more nhl ready than others but just a bunch of names that i wanted to throw out there for people to keep in mind and you'll probably see more about them and whatever i'm going to write in the next couple of weeks Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. You said Francesco Pinelli is Russian? No, 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 no. Fedor Svechkov <laughs> is Russian. I was, I was <laughs> like, hold on. Francesco Pinelli is Canadian. I'm going to call some bullshit for a second here. But yeah. God, Francesco <laughs> Pinelli is Russian. No, Francesco Pinelli is Canadian. <laughs> well, I, I still, still have some questions. Like Canadian name. Yeah, like, but eh, that, if it was like, Fran- actually- if it was like Francois Pinel, I would have believed that he was Canadian. <laughs> Yeah, now Francesco Pinelli is a center for the Kitchener Rangers in the OHL. Uh-huh. Um, um, and, and he's a guy where you'll see ranked anywhere from like 15 to 35 when you're looking at various rankings. Gotcha. My final question for you, Drew, and then I'll let you go. Uh, mm-hmm. at, how high does your blood pressure rise every six weeks when Ryan decides to just tweet, you know, I don't know why Alexi Lafreniere isn't a center. There's a lot of things Ryan tweets that makes my blood pressure rise. I don't know if this one would be on the top three or five. I think I've, I've actually changed my like, opinion. Ryan, what think, are you doing? I think Kako <laughs> should be the center now. I'm just saying. Whatever you say, buddy. I love you, and I'll just keep it at that. Drew, cannot thank you for joining us enough. Uh, love you so much. And uh, you should follow Drew if you don't. Anything you want to plug, buddy, other than the rankings coming out? Nah, nah, like I said, me, George, and Rich will are working on it now. Probably end of June, you'll see our rankings. I'll be putting out the you know next High Smith Memorial Trophy article at some point before the draft. You said follow us on Twitter. I'm at Drews underscore way, D-R-E-W-S underscore way. And uh, guys, thanks so much for having me on. I always have a blast. And you know, thanks for everyone for putting up with the sounds of my son in the background. So Declan, we said goodbye and good night. Uh, thanks, Drew. We'll talk, we'll talk <laughs> we'll very do. soon. We're back. <laughs> what happened? I'm sure Drew was great. He was great. That, I couldn't believe he yeah. thought we're getting Atsurati at 15. That's wild that he said that. Wow. What a guy. All right. Let's do some uh, some questions real quick, shall we? Uh, this is from David. Do the Knicks getting swacked in the first round of the playoffs mean that MSG curse has lifted again and they have a great season for the Rangers offseason? Or a great Rangers offseason, rather. No? No. No. Uh, mostly because... No, no. I think it's just that simple. I think the curse is still on us. Uh, we'll get it back in maybe in season next year. Let's see. This is from Kbomb Thirty. I, 
Yeah, I think I think the key here would be if the Rangers trade for Eichel and Randall doesn't extend with the Knicks, then you know it's switched again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or if the Knicks, like we all saw today, and I, I, I'm, I'm sure yeah. other oh people saw it too. If the Knicks trade for Kelly Oubre and extend Kelly Oubre. That's a yes. yes the, yeah, the, curse, the, is the curse is back. back. Curse is curse back. Is back. The, the first round playoff exit is not indicative of curse. Agreed. K-Bomb 30. The Rangers target any of these three Maple Leafs UFAs this summer. Riley Nash, Zach Hyman, or Alex Galchenyuk. Hyman will definitely... Hyman. Yeah, Hyman will yeah. definitely be on their list. And Hyman, 100%, is going to... Uh, seem well, not one hundred percent, but seemingly going to hit free agency. From everything I've read from sad Leaf fans at this point in time, yeah, it sounds like he they offered him a, a team friendly deal, and he told the team to friendly go fuck themselves. Yeah, so seem that um, way. Let me put it this way, though, Ryan, I see a scenario in which one of Zach Hyman and Pavel Buchnevich is a New York Ranger on opening night. I do not see a scenario where both are. I can't so, agree with you more. Yeah, so I I, I think Hyman is something the Rangers investigate if and only if Pavel Buchnevich is used to address another area of the roster. Could not agree with you more. This is from Holmes. Greg, can you walk us through the finer points of drive-by posting? I got to yes, go, but simple. we'll dry, oh, definitely check back with your insight. It, it, it's very easy. Uh, if I think someone says something stupid, I'll be like, that sounds stupid. Here's why. And then I'll just continue with my day and not revisit the conversation. <laughs> that, that, that's Was it. this brought up just, from something that you said? There was there was a, a conversation about the Shifley hit in the Discord. Got it. We didn't talk about, about the Shifley hit. hit. Seems like it was intentional yeah. to me. But it, the hit is intentional in terms of Shifley intended to hit him. Correct. I don't think Shifley intended to put Jake Evans in the hospital. Um, also agree. But I again like that that to me like the premeditation is. Shifley is going to skate as fast as he can to hit this guy. That's premeditated. I don't think you need to slice it any further than that and say it, it's only premeditated if he intended to hurt him. That that doesn't mean, like, I can intend to shoot you, but I don't want to kill you. That's just called, like, you know. Attempted murder. Attempted murder, <laughs> yeah. not murder. Yes. So it's... I, I don't know. I that that's essentially. So when Tom where this Wilson pulled his did. fist back after the first punch on a Terry Panarin's face while he was on the ice, that was yeah, an attempt. Did did, <laughs> did did Panarin intend to smash Artemi Panarin's face down into the ice? Yes. Yes. But did Tom Wilson intend to kill Artemi Panarin? I don't also, think yes. so. Oh, but I might sorry. also be giving Tom Wilson too much credit. <laughs> um, yeah that 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 was the essentially the entire conversation where. I think it's ridiculous to try and split hairs about whether you think the only thing that makes something predatory or uh, premeditated is the desire to injure someone. That That's not it. Shifley began going down the ice with the intent to lay a massive hit on Evans. And he did it and resulted in an injury. And that shit needs to get out of the game. And it's, listen, big open ice hits happen all the time. Most of them don't happen from 190 feet away. I do. That, and that shit was just unnecessary, too, from start to finish. Couldn't agree more. I like Shifley, the player. Uh, he's always seemed underrated in this league. Drew, I know, is a big fan of his. But I will say if he was a Penguin or a Bruin or something that wasn't the Jets, I don't feel like he gets four games. I really don't. And maybe that's just because I've just been so disenfranchised with the Department of Oh, you're saying safety. it would have been less if yes. he was on a marquee franchise. Yep. 
I would say you get two hmm. games if he was a, a Bruin or a, or a Penguin or something like that. Or even if he was just a Canadian and he did that to a Jet. Correct. Absolutely hmm. correct. I just even like even like you know uh, Wachinski was saying that seems like they're throwing the book at him at this situation comparatively to everything else that's happened this season. Like if you take the Shifley hit and put it next to the Tom Wilson incident, Tom Wilson gets nothing. Shifley right. gets. Well, that, again, and that that's really the crux of the problem with player safety, right? It's not that we're unhappy that Mark Shifley got X amount of games. It's that this Mark Shifley incident happens because Shifley is operating under a mindset and a rule set that it's unlikely he will get seriously suspended if something goes wrong here because the big time offenders haven't been punished so why would mark shifley go into that hit thing who's been clean like I'm, his whole career pretty right, much right right i don't think he had a no a, they say clean record a, on the report before they ban him for four games right so shifley's going into that hit being like I've essentially played this game as correct as one human being possibly could. And I've seen what people who don't play this game correct get. What's the worst that could happen to me here? That, that to me, is if Tom Wilson gets properly dealt with or Nazem Kadri gets properly dealt with or any of the situations that happened leading up to this situation happen, does Mark Shifley think about it before he does it? We don't know the answer. It's a hypothetical that can't be answered. I would like to believe that he would. There's a very good possibility that he wouldn't. The problem is you're punishing. It's like you're picking and choosing who to punish. Yep. Whereas you That's should exactly be what I was punishing saying. everybody. Yeah. Yeah. From uh, this yeah. I, 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 yeah, I can't. I can't totally disagree with you, Ryan. Yep. I would like to believe that wouldn't happen. But also, I think that me saying that is giving the Department of Player Safety Too much the benefit care. of the doubt when they haven't earned it. Couldn't agree more. Our good friend George Obrinsky says, Greg and Ryan, if Eichel becomes too rich to actually get, which I don't think will happen, by the way, uh, that's not what he said, that's my words. Thoughts on uh, Kuznetsov as a trade target? Well, just just to touch on Eichel, since we last talked, doesn't it feel like the price has dropped again? Significantly. We talked about Niels Lundqvist and Eichel extensively on the BSBOT last week. If you want that, you can go to patreon.com slash breakaway. That's where it's hosted now. Because uh, Niels Lundqvist, we haven't talked about it yet surprisingly, and I'm sure we spent, maybe we spoke about it with Drew, but he's signed as a New York Ranger. And, maybe uh, we spoke about it with Drew. What do you mean, maybe? We definitely spoke oh, about sorry. it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we brought that up. My apologies. <laughs> yeah, that was a great interview with Drew. I love that guy. Real smart. Yeah, so uh, it does It does feel like the, the Eichel price is dropping drastically. Day, almost. Yeah. Drastically. I don't know why that Because it, 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 it sounds like uh, I'm sure you listen to 31 Thoughts, or at least I do. Follow the right Twitter accounts that listen to 31 Thoughts. I and follow NHL quoted. Watcher, yes. Yeah, <laughs> we should have that guy on too. That guy, he crushes. That guy consumes so yeah. much <laughs> NHL media. Crushes like too much. He doesn't consume us though. We don't ever get quoted. Yeah, doesn't ever I say Greg Kaplan. What a, fuck? Yeah, the Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah, what? What's going on, NHL Watcher? We're consistently top 10. Why aren't you listening to our show and just quoting us? It's true. Just because I'm not TSN 1280 letting Pierre Maguire say the 27th dumbest thing he's ever said oh in his life. God, Doesn't mean that the dumb things I say shouldn't be quoted. 27, that's generous. Uh, all right. I, <laughs> uh, Kuznetsov. Um, I don't know. I The Kuznetsov one is an interesting one to me because I both like him. 
but feel like the four-year commitment to him is a little different than other players. And it's I can't really thread the needle. It feels uh, like something you'd be happy. You'd be happy year one, right? And then maybe year two, second way through. He might not be the same way. Well, I just feel like I'd feel the same way about Kuznetsov as I do about Kreider. It's like, do I dislike having that contract on the books? No. Do I think I'm overpaying the player? Not really. Do I think I could find better value? I think so. Like, it's it's tough. I think Kuznetsov really is just in the perfect situation. I think he's on the perfect team with the perfect roster around him. I understand that he was essentially a loose cannon this year with COVID-19, and I understand that that man likes to have a good time, which I am down with. But New York would time, not be the best time for him. I mean, or it would be a really good time for him. Sorry, but yes. Right, a good time for him. Maybe not a good time for us. Uh, I don't know. I I don't feel comfortable paying $8 million. Yeah. yeah, it's the length more than the, the contract value with Kuznetsov is what really pauses me because it's just like, like I'd, yes, I'd rather have Kuznetsov than Strom. That is for sure. But I'm really not convinced that I love the idea of that contract over the next four years. I, I would need to be sold on it. He's a good player. I, he would make the Rangers better. All these things could be, you know what he's like? He's essentially the Gerard Gallant of trade targets. I can't sit here and say the Rangers won't be better, but I can sit here and say it wouldn't really excite me. I'm with you. Uh, final one from Chris from Florida. With the Leafs choking again in the playoffs, do you see tra- them trading Matthews, Nylander, or Minor to shake things up? And with the Rangers getting involved, what would you trade? I would trade a lot for Matthews. Like a Matthews. shit ton. I don't need... Nylander I like as a player, and Marner I actually don't. And the Rangers, to me, just aren't in the market for... Like, the Rangers have Nylander in my mind already. I, I, I don't think they need... if. If the Rangers are trying to shake up the top six, I don't think Nylander is the guy to shake it up. I think they have that already. He's not adding a different element to the game. I will also say if the Rangers want Nylander, it's not a bad move. He's an exceptionally talented player. The Rangers should be in the business of just getting exceptionally talented players. Um, but I just, to me, what I mean is like, I just, if, again, just like I have, a, I, I can't quite convince myself that the Rangers are actually going to spend a lot of assets to acquire a defenseman. I have a hard time believing that right now they're going to spend a lot of assets to get another winger. It just doesn't. And that Matthews is not moving. My round I would trade a shit ton for Matthews. Yeah, yes. be one, I would, one of my I favorite would, people to cover ever if he, if he was on the Rangers. I would trade as much for Matthews. I understand that McDavid's the better player, but from a I need to cover that guy perspective, I would trade as much for Matthews as I would for McDavid. Couldn't be like a, an yes. unlimited amount of resources. Correct. I uh, want to just give a, a quick shout-out to our Patreon subscribers who keep this show going. Alex Gardner, uh, Amber Coensberger, Ben Waters, Brian Doyle, Broad, Broadway Blue Shirt, Blue Bleeder, I'm killing it, CJ Stellwagen, David Siegel, Dennis Dites, Eric Stagg, George Obritsky, JD, Jamie Mack, Chris in Florida, Lazik, Gronkowski, uh, Pavel Kodorov, Ryan, Stefan Lomier, oh man, he's going to kill me, Stephen Lomier, <laughs> he's going to text me, whatever, uh, Stig Bull, Swingard, Tommy O'Neill, Tori from Manhattan, the legendary Tori from Manhattan, Vinny Hay, and Will Spector, thank you so much, we could not do the podcast without you, for real. Uh, I think that's it. The Drew interview was great. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I, I paused that time because I didn't know if we were actually ending this time yes. or if you were just transitioning no, no. to a, we're recording actually... a different part of the show no, that I wasn't paying attention yeah, for. Yeah. So I'm going to say goodbye. For Greg, for Ryan, follow me at Twitter. Uh, at Twitter. Follow me at Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Bush. Bush <laughs> you can follow Greg. At, oh, my God. Follow me or all right. We follow Greg at Bush. We'll be back next week or later this week at BSPOT. Goodbye. I love you. Bye.